1: This is W E E I late night with KJ Carson on W E E I.
2: Um, Mac had what may have been his best game on Thursday night. For you, what stood out when you watched film?
3: Uh, well, I mean, there was—you know—it was a very competitive game. We, um. You know, did did enough things to be competitive, but not not enough to you know to win. So you know disappointing in the end uh, the end result. Uh, but you we'll know, turn the page here and you know move on to Buffalo.
2: Late night, W E E I you keep the music up, you keep the music, up, Andrew. Thanks so much for being here. It's KJ six one seven 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 nine seven ninety-three seven text line 3 7 7 that's Bill Belichick on the Greg Hill Show. Mac was good. Still wasn't enough to win the games. Now, don't freak out. This isn't a Barry Mac because it was his best game so far. But the fan base, you have to admit, this is very much like, like me in high school when you're looking at my grades for my particular tests leading up to what my final grade would be. So, like all of us who were floating low C and D students, we sometimes spend a lot of time next to the teacher saying, okay, what do I have to get on the next test to improve my overall grade? Because after all, these have to be repeat performances or Mac Jones has a subpar season overall. So I'm, I'm going to pull out the grade book and you tell me if any of these grades are fair because I'm using the three-point scale of how you get B pluses and C minuses and so forth and everything. Ask your teacher if you don't know, but like a 97 to 100 is an A plus. Just put it in perspective. Okay, Mac Jones's grade book in the Miami game. He lost 21 for 30, 213 yards, a touchdown, an interception, two sacks, one fumble, I gave him a grade of 67, a D. It's a loss. You got two turnovers. You've gone down a couple of times. Yeah, you look proficient going 21 for 30. But again, those turnovers could have been the difference between a D and a high C. Andrew, thank you so much for being here. You have the last name of one one of my best friends. You probably are related to him.
3: You but know how many I, people have said that to me? That, <laughs> like that in Boston.
2: That, well, yeah, well, this guy actually is in New Jersey, so maybe oh, he's okay. another. Maybe he's in another syndicate. We don't know.
3: But it's funny because, like, I I'm down from Rhode Island, but anytime I'm like, oh, you related this to me, and I'm like, no. But yeah. that's like the fifth time that's happened.
2: Yeah, you're <laughs> absolutely right. It just happens to be a very common. It's like Jones for black people. Me, <laughs> it is. It is. And so uh, I like to thank my producers who are here. At the very beginning versus waiting to the end credits and hurry up and run their names in. So, Andrew, welcome here to Late Night. It's a different experience.
3: Thank you. I'm glad to be here. And hey, isn't a 67 technically passing?
2: It's a D. It is it's a, a D. D. It so is a he, D. So he got a passing grade, but a D for the Miami game against Pittsburgh, a win 21 for 35, 252 yards, one touchdown, one interception, zero sacks. I gave Mack a 78. That's a C plus. Okay? No, no, no fumbles. One interception. Proficient. Team one. C plus. Baltimore, that was a loss. Twenty two for thirty two. Three hundred and twenty one yards. That's juicy. Zero touchdowns, three interceptions, three sacks. And a rushing touchdown. I gave Mac a sixty. That's an F. Chicago, that was a loss. Mack was three of six, got pulled 13 yards, zero, inter- uh, zero touchdowns, an interception. I gave him another 60. SNF. f In the first Jets game, 24 for 35, 194 yards, one touchdown, one interception, six sacks, kept the fumble that dropped. Grade, 71. A C-minus. Indy, a win, 20 for 30, 147 yards. Ugh. A touchdown, no interceptions, four sacks. I gave him a 71. So far, it, this is fair, is it not, Andrew? It is. If it isn't fair, feel free to call 617-779-7937 because you might not like where this is heading. In the second Jets game, a win. Ugh. 23 for 27. That's impressive. 246 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, six sacks. I gave him a 71 again, a C-. minus. And then in the Minnesota game, which was a loss Thursday night, 28 for 39, 328 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, three sacks, fumble that was, re- uh, a fumble that was recovered. Get ready for it. I gave Mac an 85, a B. Not the love fest you've been hearing. Mac had an A game. No, it's a loss. You can't give an A to someone with a loss. So, if you're sitting in front of the teacher's grade book, Mac has secured 530, 63 points out of about 1,020 points for C. So, divide that by eight games, because... That's how many games have been played so far. And I'm sorry, that's how many games he's played in. Mac Jones' average is a 70.375. A C-. minus. The point, just because the last game was a B doesn't mean that you now have a B quarterback. But it's gotten better. Here's Mac Jones on the offense. I think,
3: you know, obviously you want to grow as an offense and i feel like we're doing that it hasn't been necessarily super smooth obviously but we're doing some things a lot better and that's what's important and when it shows up in the game you just need to build on it um we need to finish better and uh, score even more points and we know this week that'll be a big challenge against the bills so that's kind of where our focus is and um they got a great defense over there and we got to put up as many points as we can and just keep working towards that and Um, don't chase the points too much. you got to execute your job and let the points come to you.
2: Yeah, sometimes you hear real radio happening in real time. So, yes, it's getting better. This is what my teacher would say. Beginning of the season, you know, KJ, you have so much potential. I hated to give you the D the first time, but the C-plus says that you can grow on it. Then F-F, C-minus, C-minus, C-minus. It's like, pick yourself up. KJ or Mac, whoever's looking at this grade book, and then the B. It's like when when I bring home a test, I'm like, look, I got a B plus on the test. And my father used to look at me like, son, that's what you're supposed to do. It's it, it can't be anything less than B work if you're really thinking about your future, if you want to be able to do something. So for Mac Jones to show C work for the entire season, another 487 points, Mac must average B minus work or average a score of 81 every game. So he doesn't have to be as great as the Minnesota game, just a little worse. And he'll be a C quarterback for the season if he does that every single game the rest of the way, every single one, including Thursday. For Mac to have a C plus, 529 more points. Mac must average B-plus work every game in 88 average, something that you have not seen yet. For Mac Jones to show B-work, which would be a growth from last year. Mac Jones last year was a C-C-plus quarterback. Mac needs 627 more points. This is where the teacher kind of closes the book. Max got to average a 104.5 100. A-plus every game the rest of the way. He's only had one B this entire season. Folks, what we're celebrating right now is a weighted quiz and not a percentage garnishing test. You know the test where you say, how much does this test count for? 20% of your grade. Okay, so if we took 10 tests, then this is like two-for-one. There are no two-for-one games. So, look, Thursday night, Mac, I think, will be able to show what he's done well in the last game and a half, right? The last Jets game was proficient. Some of the things they started to figure out, getting the ball out of his hands quick. I think with Vaughn Miller not being in Thursday night's game because of the injury, bodes very well for the offensive line and for Mac Psyche because of that pass rush. And for Matt Patricia, because if things look okay in a loss and the Bills are favored, but if they look okay in the loss and the and the offense is still fluid, here's Boomer Esiason on Gresham Keith in terms of what he thinks happens to Matt Patricia moving forward, depending on Mack. The question of the week for Boomer is brought to you by McFarlane Energy, the always reliable HVAC and home oil delivery pros at McFarlaneEnergy.com. In your mind,
0: will Matt Patricia be back next season as the offensive play caller for the New England Patriots? You guys call him the offensive play caller. Nobody wants to call him the OC because they don't want to pay him. Uh, you know, which is amazing. Uh, I, I would I would say that if uh, Mac Jones continues to play like he did in Minnesota, and I think the last few games he's played really well, he's completed uh, a, a very high percentage uh, number of his passes. He finally looks totally healthy coming back from that uh, injured ankle. So uh, I. I'm, I'm assuming that they're going to continue to play well. And by the way, Buffalo may not have Greg Rousseau, and they're not going to have Von Miller. So two of their best pass rushers may not be playing in this game, which should bode well for their passing game.
2: Yeah, that's Boomer on Greg Hill show. Boy, they get their money out of Boomer in this company. Like, dude, you're on a morning show calling another morning show while on a morning show. That's boss. I just – some people you would just be willing to take, like, their FICA, you know – uh Withholdings, just as your regular income. Like, give me your FICA as my 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 gross income, and that would be enough for me. Okay, don't quote me on that. They might use that against me down the road. But yeah, Matt Patricia would be safe. And as I've said, for those who are saying, you know, Bill O'Brien, please come back, Alabama, please lose a third game, which I joked about praying last week, and it's still, well, Alabama has no more games to play, so it can't. If it loses its bowl game, then yes. Bill O'Brien come back. Then now you're talking about a third change in three years. I would rather see Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi battle it out, knowing that you're going to keep Patricia in this system. You know how Belichick is. So Belichick's not going to get rid of something that at this point still gives you a winning record. This is not a two and seven team right now, or or two and nine team. Six to five. As crazy as everything has been, so there's some type of genius in there. But with all this that I say about Mac, Jean, Mac Mac Jones's report card, there's a bigger issue that's at hand, and I have to discuss it next here on Late Night with WEEI. It's kj 617-779-7937 text line 37937. Let's go ahead and trend with Andrew Meehan.
1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay. Plus taxes and fees. Phone fees 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. CTMobile.com. Now back to it.
4: WEEI Late Night and streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. Charlie, years ago in Atlanta, we spoke with you, and you made a comment that we were asking how many more years is Bill going to do this, and that was the 2018 season. You said he's going to do this as long as he can because he gets to work every day with his kids, and it's this, you know, something that you said you would have traded for and all that. Mike Florio recently said that Bill Belichick's in a quandary because he can't hold any coaches accountable because he's not going to fire one of his kids. Do you think that's a fair critique? Of Bill Belichick? Uh, say, uh, I'm confused with the question. He said, "What?" He said, "What?" He said that basically, he, he said that Mike Mike Florio said on this show that Bill Belichick is in a quandary because he can't say, "Patricia, you suck. You're fired," because he's not going to do that with either of his sons on the defensive coaching staff. Uh, he would fire his sons. <laughs> he would.
0: He would fire them too.
1: <laughs> what a savage!
0: You know, so the answer to that is that's wrong because he would if he felt that somebody wasn't, you know,
2: doing what was best for the team. I mean, I mean,
3: he would.
0: It wouldn't make a difference who it was. You know, so he, would he? Would he hold the coaches accountable? You bet you. But those guys named Belichick, they're in that accountability group too. Just so you know.
2: Late night, W E E I. It's KJ. Thank you so much for hanging out. If you believe Charlie Weiss, then I've got some beachfront property in Nebraska to sell you on. Would Belichick fire his kids for underperformance? I say no way, and I think that's just kind of how the whole construct of, is built. Patricia really kind of coming home. It, like imagine having like four or five kids. You've got a big house. You you own the land, right? And. Kids can still come back and move into their old bedroom. You know, Patricia probably yeah, still have the same posters up, Judge, same thing. You know, I don't think there's a room for Josh because I think Josh ultimately wants to own the land. It's like a Yellowstone thing with Josh, I think, if he comes back. Like, I I'm I'm going to be the head dutton here. I think that's what it is for Josh. And, and give it to Vegas. They're starting to win some games and you know, winning cures some things and slows some things down. So, yeah, yeah, I don't believe they will be fired. I think the only people who can let them go is if Bill leaves or is asked to leave. And I don't know if he'll be asked to leave as much as it would be a farewell tour. Because then it would probably be a farewell tour for the, the new people as well. Do you really believe a new coach or new GM could come in and part of the prerequisite is that you have to keep the Belichick kids on your staff? No. So, no. Bill is not going to fire his kids. He, he'll he retire, they'll go too, and that'll all be done in a piecemeal way. There won't be any type of fire in the hole. Even if the team went 0-17, Bill just had a tough year. Yeah, That's just a lot of goodwill chips spent. All right, 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. Some people have come at me and said, KJ, you are hard on Mac Jones, and my thing is, if you believe he's great, sometimes you got to put the fire, the iron to the fire that's just what it is and so in the Minnesota game in his grade in the grade book I have and I I think I gave him fair grades numerically and I did the three-point system like 97 98 99 and 100 they're all A's pluses we haven't seen any A plus games but we did see a B game for Mac Jones Thursday night an 85 B not an 80B in fact an 80 isn't even a B in that system but here's the thing. Mac Jones' greatest support has disappeared from him. That's the run game. Listen, in his wins last year, game win one, 120, 101 total rushing yards, two touchdowns, four field goals. Now tell me if you find a theme in here. Win two, 126 total rushing yards, one touchdown, four field goals. Game win number three, 148 total rushing yards, Four touchdowns, two field goals. Game four, 142. One touchdown, four field goals. Then 155. One touchdown, one field goal, 184. Two touchdowns, one field goal, 134. No touchdowns, four field goals. 105 total rushing. One touchdown, five field goals. 222, that's the Buffalo game won last year. One touchdown, two field goals and in the final win last year against Jacksonville, 128 total rushing yards, four touchdowns and one field goal. That's from the rushing that's that's from the rushing standpoint. This season in his four wins, 124 total yards, one touchdown, one field goal. 127, zero touchdowns, five field goals. 70 total yards rushing, zero touchdowns, four field goals. 99 total yards rushing, zero touchdowns, one field goal, the running game has gone missing. Three of this year's games won by Mac Jones are in the bottom five of all of Mac Jones' wins, 14 of them. Ramondre Stevenson's best rushing games this season against Detroit and Cleveland. And I won't say that other guy's name, just in fairness, right? Because this is about Mac and his growth. Damian Harris's best rushing games this year were against Pittsburgh and Green Bay. Damian Harris played 10% of snaps in the Detroit game and was out for the Cleveland game. Mack only played in the Pittsburgh game out of those four games. The rushing attack has disappeared. And this is what I fear come Thursday night because if there's one thing that you can expose Buffalo in, is in the running game, but if you can't stop the run, if they, if you can't if you can't get anything past them, and that offense gets on the field, Bill, what was it like not having them punt last game? How was that?
3: Yeah. Well, again, it's a big challenge playing Buffalo. We got, to, you know, we need everybody to to play well. Um, I mean, we we had them in punt formation on the first series of the game and in the second game and, and gave a fake punt. So that's, you know, I don't know really let put that on the defense, but regardless, they, they moved the ball consistently against us. We certainly didn't make them punt in the, in the playoff game. So yeah, that's, we know it's a big challenge and we're going to have to play better than, than we played against in the last two weeks in every area of the game.
2: Okay. So Bill is right and wrong in that, in what he says there. So people are like, what is Bill talking about them in punt formation and then they went for it. Bill Slick, he's talking about the second regular season game. Everybody else is talking about the damn playoff game. There was never a punt formation. The Bills had four fourth downs and went for them all the time. They, Yeah. So when people think the last game, they think of the game in Buffalo, that was the playoff game. You can't say, well, you know, that wasn't last. It was last season. And that was embarrassing. The only way you stop something like that from happening is ball control, keeping it out of Josh Allen's hands, and pounding the Bills with the running game. But the running game has been a problem. Last year, the Patriots were eighth, eighth in the league in rushing yards, sixth in the AFC, and second in the NFL in rushing touchdowns, first in the AFC. This is what helped Mac Jones look good. An excellent top-notch running game. Let me say that again. Eighth in the league in rushing yards, sixth in the AFC, second in the NFL in rushing touchdowns, and first in the AFC in rushing touchdowns. They had the fourth most rushing first downs in the league last year. So, when I say, hey, the narrative wasn't like Matt Jones led the Patriots to the playoffs last year, the running game pulled, pulled the cart and the horse. And remember, Ramondre Stevenson really wasn't activated until, what, game three or four of last season? So that two-headed attack of Harris and Stevenson, and and, and even, even even though James White got hurt early in the year last year, is supposed to be the supporting cast and role. It's the backup singers to Mac Jones, and some of them can sing lead. None of them are able to sing lead right now. Again, Andre Stevenson's best game against Cleveland and Denton and Detroit. Those are his two best games this year. Now what has happened since then is he's become a better receiver out of the backfield, but at that point, you're not, you're not putting any pressure on the defensive line. You're having to do these things because you're moving super quick. This year, the Patriots' run game ranks 23rd in the league in rushing yards and in rushing touchdowns. So as bad as it it is on on the yardage side, it's just as bad in the rushing touchdowns. 21st in rushing first downs. If the Patriots don't have a two-headed running machine, Mac Jones becomes even easier to defend. And when you're looking at something like that, that's why you say, oh my gosh, now Ty Montgomery's injury seems to loom even larger as the season goes on because if Damian Harris continues to banged up and possibly, let's just say, there's probably more injuries, more going on with the injuries than, you know, if, if a person can only get in there and it's only in there for a little bit, that means that whatever was hurting before still hurts and it just got aggravated again. And when you keep doing that, it's almost like having a scab. It's almost like having a cut and then the scab, and then you keep picking the scab, and it gets, I don't want to get disgusted, but it gets infected. The whole nine. So if this is all on Ramondre Stevenson's back, there's no second back behind him that can pick up the slack the way that Ramondre Stevenson was out able to contribute last year. So to think that Ramondre Stevenson, while great that he's a, he's a, a three-down back, the idea is, it isn't about being a three-down back. It's about being able to have just the just as qualitative second runner in there than who's in there first. And I, technically, Ramondre Stevenson only started three games this year, so you started out the game with Damian Harris, and that's where you started seeing some life and some of the breaking up of the ice, if you will, when Damian Harris is busting those runs against Minnesota. That that contributes to what can be done correctly versus it all being on Max Arm which isn't there. It's 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 not there. The line's not there. You, you can't use max arm when you don't have the offensive uh, line coverage and uh, play that you need and protection. It was much, much better against Minnesota. It was very good the second half of the last Jets game. But with the injuries that the Bills have on defense, here's Ross Tucker on Gresham Keith about the Bills may be ripe
0: for an upset. I love the Patriots getting the five points on Thursday night. I love it. I I don't understand the betting line at all. I mean, they're not going to have a kick return against them for a touchdown again. They're not going to run in the punter again. Mac Jones, that's the most decisive, accurate he's looked the whole season. It was so much more entertaining and fun to watch. And It was like he he was so mad after the game that they lost. It kind of reminded me of Brady a little bit. Like, Mac was so mad. That they that they lost that game. I I liked everything I saw from him. Their defense will play better than they did. I look the, the the Vikings made some incredible plays, but the defense will be better. And the Bills aren't playing that great. If you've been watching the Bills, there's something not quite right there. They're just a little bit off. I actually recorded the Even Money podcast, my betting podcast. Earlier in the day, and my co-host, who's a professional better, agree with me. He thinks the Patriots have a great chance to win the game outright. Let alone covering the five point. I think the Patriots have a great chance to win it. And if they don't, I certainly think they only lose by like a field goal or something. So I love the New England Patriots getting the five points.
2: Yeah, that's Ross Tucker on Maloney, Fourier, and Mego. Yeah, the line is 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 at four now. Okay, so it's come down from his five. So that probably means some money is coming in on the Patriots, and I understand. But at the same time, you'd have to ask yourself, how have the Patriots done against mobile quarterbacks this season? Poorly. Poorly. Now, is Josh Allen the speed of Justin Fields or Lamar Jackson? No, but damn, he's fast. And you almost have to wonder, Yeah, I think part of some of this baked in is that, you know, we've seen Josh Allen make some key mistakes in games with the interceptions over the last few weeks. The question will be will the Patriots be any in any type of position to capitalize on those? Right? Because in order to see a trend, you have to see something happen back to back. So you could say, All right, if there's any type of trend right now with the offense, you could say they do have the ability to move the ball, but are they really touchdown ready? That you haven't seen points uh, somewhere in there, maybe. You heard me all mention all the field goals that have been involved with, with 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 Mac Jones wins. So the field goal game has to be in play. So at some point, the Patriots have to say, with this offensive attack, is that hey, look. At some point, we have to go back to getting the ball deep downfield to catch them off guard because they're going to be ready for everything short and in front. And if if it just becomes very predictable and everything that's in front of them and the Bills who are – it would be really just kind of like stopping the run if, you, if you're doing these short plays to the flat, two- or three-yard hooks, trying to beat a you know receiver, trying to beat on the yards after catch. It's going to be tough. I mean, just listen, in the four wins with Mac Jones this year, one field goal, five field goals, four field goals, one field goal. That's 11 field goals. That's 33 points just off of Nick Folk's leg in four wins. So that has to play a factor into the game. Again, last year around this time, the Patriots' defense was number one, number two in the league, especially after that Atlanta game with the shutout. Then it started to kind of bend a little bit. Not break, but it started to bend a little bit. And as way the way the defense has been this season, you can say, okay, the bend that they had the other day uh, on Thursday was a little too much and cost the loss. But it's also to be with, you know, cause like atrophy. Like, you know, if you don't lift, your muscles just start to work. You know, they don't work as much. Well, when your defense has been so strong after a while, you can't expect it to be lights out from, from A to Z, especially when you have players that are somewhere up there in age. So you can't expect the defense to say, "Okay, we're we're going to pitch a shutout against the Bills." I'm sure they'd love to, but I don't know if that's going to be a realistic scenario. You know, look what Justin Jefferson did to the to the cornerbacks and safeties. I mean, like in between them, around them, in front of them, and he still got Stephon and he got Stephon Diggs this week. So if if you're telling me anything about trends, one trend would tell me. Hey this defense may struggle with a star receiver like Stefan Diggs. Gabe Davis is nothing to sneeze at. You remember what uh what you would call it did last year? What McKenzie? Isaiah McKenzie, remember what he did? Like he they discovered that they had another receiver on that team in the in the game in the regular season game at at Foxborough. So there's a lot of things on the table in front of the defense that are already a challenge despite anything discussing with the offense. That's why I was saying last week, hey, start getting your fetish for this defense. Give them all their flowers, because as the season continues on, you're going to start hearing uh, back pop. <clears throat> yeah. Because the tougher portion of the schedule is here. Cincinnati's on a roll. You've got Buffalo twice. Arizona lost a last second game against the Chargers. The Raiders seem to be turning them th- themselves around. And the Dolphins are kind of like a, a dark horse favorite to win the AFC completely. And those are all the games. <laughs> those are the those are the rest of the games. So to say everything on the back of the defense moving forward, I can't see it. The offense suddenly becoming this widespread 30-game-scoring machine, while anything is possible, and it may be trending towards that way, there will be adjustments made. And then you start getting back into the quality of receivers that you have going out there and the matchups and so forth. And If the offensive line continues to kind of hold its water, it'll be a competitive game. I'll get into make money money in the lines next. But in terms of the line... I don't know if I could see the Patriots winning this game outright could they make the game ugly I thought they could with Minnesota considering Minnesota had like the 31st uh ranked passing off uh defense uh in terms of yards so Minnesota gives up a lot of yards in the passing game but yet it still was not a win and so with Buffalo even though they've had some cracks and they've had some struggles you get you this is a team that still is only a game, game and a half out of the top spot in all of the AFC. You know how they are with, you know, participation trophies in, in Buffalo. Their whole goal is to get all the all their games or as many games as possible at home and not potentially have to go on the road to, to Kansas City again. So Buffalo sees this game not so much as a, hey, this is a team that always beat up on us. And the Patriots. No, they're like, we we still haven't punted against these guys. We haven't punted against these guys in in, in, in almost uh in two full games, in two full games. Now they'll punt again, they'll punt Thursday night. You best believe, and of course the, the fan base of Janelle, uh, Gillette, they're gonna be funny about it. Yay! Made a punt. But everything will have to be perfect. And nobody's perfect. Everything will have to be perfect. And Josh Allen would have to be so far out of his mind in terms of mistakes that there would have to be a conversation of, like, has he lost it? Has he peaked? Has he hit a wall? Has he plateaued? That's literally what the conversation will have to be about Josh Allen if he doesn't perform in this game Thursday night. All right, KJ, late night, WEEI, 617 779 text line three seven Coming up next, make money money here. W E E I. Thanks for hanging out. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter.
1: Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
3: WEI Late Night.
1: On Boston Sports Original. WEI. Dess making a big run. It's meant for him. Des is snuck in behind. Des into the middle.
2: Late night, WEEI. Thank you so much for hanging out. It's KJ 617 779 7937. Text line 37937. Still to come. We'll talk Celtics. The Bruins on fire. Like, look, it, Bruins tickets and Celtics tickets at TD are probably hotter than if the Rolling Stones and Elton John did a show there. And an in between night, I'll be like, you know what? I'll be, I've, I've got their records at home. Got to talk about them. That's coming up next hour here on WEEI. Woo! United States pull it off one nothing over Iran to advance now to the next stage to face the Netherlands if the United States had lost or drew Iran would have moved forward United States would have gone home and this is big because if you think if if, if you're a big follower of US men's soccer and let's be honest the women are better than the guys but when they had that friendly against Saudi Arabia and couldn't win that, and Saudi Arabia is the second worst team in the world in rankings, you're like, oh, this might be ugly over there. And then just the way that the group was designed: England, powerhouse, but not a super powerhouse. It's not like Portugal or Spain or or Germany or or Brazil or Argentina, but it's up there. U.S., England. Wales, a country inside of the United Kingdom, and Iran, which had a lot of political overtones, showed up even at the press conference yesterday to the U.S. captain regarding um, how it's like to be a black person in America, and he played it very well. Once he gets to the barbecue, it might be a different answer. I'm totally kidding. But look, there was a lot of tension. I'm sure this is probably going to want to be the hot, most watched soccer matches in the history of U.S. men's soccer for sure. And you, you always wondered, and, and I won't stay on this too long, that when would the American superstar step forward and Christian Pulisic has stepped into that. And that's good for America. I still would like to see someone with some speed. But yes, of the goals that the U.S. have had, Pulisic has been an assist on the first goal in the game against Wales where they tied. They scored nothing against England. And in this game, scored the winner. Hurt, On the goal, strained uh, abdominal, didn't play the second half. Game got really crazy in the end. Uh, Iran was definitely looking for some penalty calls in the box, didn't happen. Iran had four, had no shots on goal. That's absolutely amazing because that's what people thought that, you know, Iran would just probably try and sit on the ball if they could. And just the U.S. just absolutely dominated from A to Z. So, Against the Netherlands, I don't know how you say no in in, in Deutsch, but no. I mean, I think this is the victory that you would hope to get. You see them again through the end of this week, so they'll get another match. There's not a whole lot of talk about, oh, I'm sorry, Iran had one shot on goal. The U.S. had 12 shots, five of them on goal. So, hats off to the guys. It's been an interesting week. There was so much talk about what this game would mean. Leading into Tuesday, Tuesday's game has a lot of implications beyond just the pitch. This is old movie with Sylvester Stallone. looking at it called Victory. I felt like I felt like the U.S. team was like the, the team with Michael Caine and Pele and Sylvester Stallone, who was the goalie. Thank God he well he had too much of a speaking part in that movie. So salute the men's U.S. soccer team advancing and finishing second in its group. Well, let's get to some gambling here. It's time for make money money. Hit it Andrew.
1: Hey, I
4: won the bet. Here. 1. <laughs> you pay you. I can give you half. Hey, you know I all my money. You need to relax. How do you pay, man? Straight cash, homie. <laughs> money, money.
2: All right, BetMGM has its lines out for this weekend's games. I'm going to give you what the spreads are, and then I'm going to let you know, am I going to cover the spread or the money line? So that way you get an idea if you want to put a parlay together. All right, let's start with tomorrow, Thursday night's game. Bills this morning were four and a half. That is down to a four-point uh, favorite at the Pats. Minus 225 on the Bills, plus 185 on the Patriots. I don't know if the Patriots will win, but they will definitely cover that spread. Look for the field goal game to continue to keep the Patriots in the game. The touchdowns may struggle. You really have to depend on Josh Allen with a couple of turnovers with the short field. But if there was one thing that scared me that really disappointed me with the Patriots in that Vikings game is that the defense got the pickoff, gave him the short field, they came away with the field goal. That can't happen anymore. Please get rid of the, I don't know what that was, the fumble ruski toss back, whatever crap that was. Don't play around in the red zone. Keep the plays going forward. There's no Tyreek Hill taking off with the ball. All right, Steelers at Falcons. Falcons are a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Both money lines have him at minus 110, which is kind of like a pick em. Um, yeah. What is there really to talk about with this game? The Falcons are still trying to play for an anemic NFC South division, and they're still in it. Like, you might literally have a team with a losing record called the Bucks winning the NFC South just to get absolutely smashed, possibly by the Cowboys the very next week. The Falcons are trying to be that team to jump up to get beat down. Steelers looked pretty decent last night. I do buy the Falcons at one and a half. Packers, three-point favorite at the Bears. Minus 155 for the Packers, plus 125 for the Bears. <sighs> I don't know. With Jordan Love in there, and you don't know if Justin Fields will be back in there, there's a chance that I believe that the Packers will cover the spread at minus three. I think that number, and it's still not known if if Aaron Rodgers will play right now. At this point, he hasn't been deemed out All right, next one. Jags, one point favorite at the Lions, minus 120 for the Jags, plus 100, even money for the Lions. Uh, No, the Jags won't cover the spread. I think the Lions, with the upset at home, we see that they can put points on the board. While the Jags had a feel good win uh, going for it for two and getting the victory, I think they were like 0 144 when trailing on a last drive of a game, like they've never done it before. Yeah, enjoy that. Put it in a frame. I don't think it happens with the Lions. The Lions, I don't know if they start a win streak again, but they don't start up a losing streak. All right, Jets at Vikings. Vikings favored by three. Minus 160 for the the Vikings. Plus 135 for the Jets. Yeah, I think the Vikings have this. It felt good to have Mike White in there, but now Mike White's got to go on the road. Very loud there at U.S. Bank Field. I don't think that the Jets will have a field goal, even though they're still in this fight for the playoffs where currently they sit as a playoff team. All right, Commanders, minus two and a half favorite at the Giants, minus 135 for the Commanders, plus 110 at the Giants. Yeah, I think the Commanders are on a roll and maybe one of the more dangerous, lower-seeded NFC teams. Do I think they make a run in the playoffs? No, but do I think they, this is the game where they bypass the Giants and say, we will be the third team out of the NFC East? Absolutely. Titans at Eagles. Eagles favored by 5.5. Minus 250 for the Eagles. Plus 200 on the Titans. I think the Titans cover the 5.5. I think the Eagles win. Sometimes they get into struggle situations. They're showing a little bit of discipline leaks. So, I like the Titans to cover just because if Derrick Henry can get going like he did in the Cincinnati game. They had that game going for a while. Cincinnati pulled away and Cincinnati was the favorite in that game, but Titans almost pulled it off. They'll make it interesting with the Eagles, but they don't beat them, but they do cover the spread. Broncos at Ravens, Ravis minus 8. You can take Ravens minus 20 at this point, the way Lamar Jackson may turn up playing in this game. Lamar Jackson's mad, had a situation on social media, now surely going to prove himself. Minus 400 line for the Ravens, plus 310 for the Broncos. The Broncos are just in such disarray. You saw people, teammates going at Russell Wilson. Little, Just a little nugget moving forward for anybody. Don't show off your 15-room bedroom mansion before you even take a snap at practice. Not a good move. All right, Browns, seven-point favorite at the Texans. Browns, minus 350 on the money line. Texans, plus 260. What makes this game interesting is the return of Deshaun Watson to Houston. I think the Browns cover the seven, and you might see a very refreshed Deshaun Watson really go after it. Dolphins at 49ers, 49ers favored by four, 49ers minus 200 on the money line, plus 165 for the Dolphins. I like the Dolphins in the upset over the 49ers. This could be the game where Jimmy G kind of shows up, the old Jimmy G that people expect to see. Um, the Dolphins are serious, and I think this game is going to be a, a, a bellwether to see if the Dolphins have the ability to beat high-caliber teams inside the uh, as they get closer to the playoffs, Chiefs Two-and-a-half point favorite at the Bengals, minus 135 on the money line for the Chiefs, plus 115 for the Bengals. I know the Chiefs are probably looking at revenge for what happened last year in the AFC Championship game, and I think they'll get it. They'll cover the two-and-a-half. That's not a big spread. Chargers minus two-and-a-half at the Raiders. Chargers minus 125 on the money line. Raiders at plus 105. I'm tempted to keep going with the Raiders, but the Chargers know that they can continue to sniff out and carve out a way to keep themselves on pace for one of those final spots in the AFC playoffs position, I think they'll they'll just have to see the Raiders as look, we just have to step on your neck and do it. Um Colts at Cowboys, Cowboys minus ten and a half, Cowboys minus five fifty on the money line. There's no value. Colts plus four hundred. Yeah, you won't have to worry about time management from Jeff Saturday. In fact, Jeff Saturday can show up on Monday, and the Cowboys are still gonna win by 14, Cowboys by 10 and a half for sure. And the final game, Saints at Bucks, Bucks favorite by minus three and a half. Bucks minus 190 on the uh, money line. Saints plus 155. I like the Saints in the upset. I can't figure out what's going on with the Bucks, but it's not good. And it doesn't look good for Tom on the way out. They lose this game. The NF- NFC South has a different look to it. The narrative about Brady gets louder, and who wants to hear about more Brady in New England? Yeah, I know. All right, the second hour of Late Night with KJ continues next here on WEEI. Thanks for hanging out.